0: What's up, everybody? This is John Neighbors, and welcome to the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. I am your host. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can hear across the land streaming at hitthatline.com. Or if you're in the state of Arkansas, check out many of our stations, 13 of them to be exact. They're too long, too many to list here. But ESPN Arkansas is what we'll be stationed on, so be sure to check that out Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 in the morning on hitthatline.com. Might be your best bet. And also some great content be able to check out there as well it's an exciting podcast because this will be the final podcast before an actual game for the Razorbacks can you believe it isn't exciting isn't it wonderful don't you get just pumped up your engine gets revved you start boiling up your nuggets and you're just ready to roll because tomorrow or if you're listening to the podcast on Saturday You have Razorback football in front of you. It's going to be an exciting time. It's going to be a little warm, a little on the warm side there in Fayetteville. But I'm expecting a great crowd. I'm hoping it's a great crowd, and we're going to have some really great stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about some predictions and some things I'm going to see this weekend, or at least I'm hoping to see this weekend. We'll also get into some other SEC games going on on Saturday and Sunday and maybe even into Monday, some great matchups that I want to get to and I want to talk about and give my predictions for as well. And then at the end of the podcast, we were able to be joined by Peter Burns of the SEC Network uh, on the morning rush, and I'm going to play that interview for you as it was a fantastic interview, and I love Peter. I love it when he comes on uh, with me, so we'll have that for you as well. So let's talk about game day for Arkansas. Woo, boy, what an exciting time it is isn't it folks it just feels like everybody's happier the sun's shining brighter uh people are buying things at a more rapid rate the the beer is flowing the hot dogs are getting cooked up it's just great it's wonderful I, i i love football season more than anything I love summertime for all the vacations and for the time outside. I love springtime when you get to be able to have a rejuvenated season. And I guess I love winter because of Christmas, but that's about it. But fall? Yeah. Yeah, fall is my season. Fall is many of your season. Now, a lot of it has to do with the leaves changing, getting a little cooler weather. Uh, everything starts to look so beautiful, but... A big reason why everyone loves fall so much, and let's be all honest, it's football season. And Arkansas takes on Eastern Illinois on Saturday. 3 p.m. is the kickoff. Now, I won't break down the game at all. That's not what I'm going to do. But I will tell you that I am really fascinated by a few things that Arkansas should, could, and hopefully will be able to show us a little bit uh, here on Saturday i'm wondering about the game atmosphere first off i'm wondering how many people will be there now my predictions for this because this is what i'm going to do folks there's going to be some things that i'm just going to predict uh random some of them will be actually in the game some of them will be around the game or other things going on uh with the game itself but either way i'm just going to get a few predictions and and tell you why and we'll see how many we're right on if i'm right on all of them then i'll be on here monday and crowing and saying how awesome i am and if i'm Wrong about any of them, I probably will never mention them again. So, that, I think that's the way us radio guys do it. But, anyways, my prediction on this atmosphere and the attendance there at Razorback Stadium now it's 76,000 is the capacity at this point, or at least that's what we're told. With the North End Zone expansion, which looks awesome, you have it bowled in a little bit. I was looking on StubHub today, tickets are still for sale. You can get 25 to 30 tickets up in the nosebleeds. That's a good sign as far as how many people will be showing up. It's not like you can get tickets for six bucks or anything like that. So I, I really think that's a good sign. Uh, the weather is going to be nice. I know it's going to be hot. I mean, we're talking about heat index of upper 90s, maybe into 100s. So that may be a problem. But uh, as uh, if any of you are growing up there, just know that you can bring in plastic bottles that are empty plastic bottles, uh, water bottles or whatnot, just to fill up and they'll have stations set up. So be sure to take advantage of that if you can. But Either way, it's not going to be raining. It's not going to be cloudy. It's not going to be gross. It's going to be a nice day for the most part. And so I think that that'll at least bring a lot of people in for the beginning of the game. Now, once it's just brutally hot and it's because it's a 3 p.m. kickoff and you're baking out there in the sun, then as long as the game is in hand, a lot of you will probably leave. And I have no problem with you doing that just as long as the game's in hand. So I'm expecting, though, at least 65,000 people. 76,000 is capacity, 65,000 will be in attendance. Now, are we talking about real attendance or announced attendance? I'm talking about real attendance, which is a great article, by the way, and this is irrelevant, but a great article that the uh, Wall Street Journal put out that we talked about on our show about the percentages of how many people actually showed up to the games versus how many people or what the schools announced at games in Arkansas. 58 percent, random fact, 58 percent of the crowds that showed up last year was the actual crowd compared to what it was and the announced attendance. I'm neither here nor there. I'm expecting legitimately, legitimately 65,000 people. I'll kind of be disappointed if there's not that many. It's the first game, folks. It's it's a Labor Day weekend. I know a lot of people are getting out, but it's Labor Day weekend. What else do you have to do? There's going to be great for tailgating. There's going to be plenty of people tailgating up there. There's plenty of excitement surrounding everything. And I just feel like that's the most obvious thing to talk about. An obvious thing to expect is, hey, get 65. I don't think that's too much to ask. And if they get 65, that'll be a fantastic crowd. And I'll be able to make sure that I give kudos to all the Razorback fans. So I like that one. Another deal. And another prediction that I believe is I believe that Cole Kelly will pass for over 200 yards, but only have one touchdown. Now, that's a random prediction. And you're probably saying, why? What what does that have to do with anything? Well, the reason I'm saying that is because I believe that they're going to let Cole Kelly get into his comfort zone a little bit. Let him throw out some really short passes that will bolster his stats, but it won't necessarily turn into legit scoring plays. You're going to have it to where he may be something like 15 of 18, something like that. Uh, I mean, that seems reasonable. A lot of them passes are short, quick passes that, again, bolster some stats a little bit. And a lot of the yardage will come when when the players make the play after the catch. So look for that to be the case. I don't know if they'll score a lot. I feel like they'll probably get within the 5 and 10 yard lines pretty often and they'll just punch it in. I think Arkansas is going to score a lot of points in this game. It'll take them a while to get going, but once they do get going, I think that they're going to open it up a little bit. Uh, I mean, Eastern Carolina, they're a decent team, I guess, for all things considered, but I don't see them being any type of major threat to Arkansas, at least uh, in the going. And if they are a major threat, then we could have a serious problem on our hands. But I like to think positively. I like to think that there's more talent on this team than what a lot of people have been given credit. So, uh, you know, those are the types of things that I feel like are, are, honest to goodness, good things that you can see uh, if if you're Arkansas. Uh, Another prediction that I want to go with is that the defense will hold Eastern Carolina in check. You'll see a lot of, you'll see some sacks, maybe some uh, loss of yardage. You'll see solid tackling. I've been harping on this for a long time now. I think that there is some serious talent on the defense. I think that fundamentally they will be in better position and play better just because of that fact. They'll be fundamentally sound. They'll get to the ball. They'll have good pursuit. They look faster. The effort will be there. And you have a lot of senior leadership around this team, a lot of veteran leadership. And I think that it's going to bode very well for Arkansas in this game. The defense is really going to show up. You're going to be impressed by the defense. I'm calling my shot. You're going to see some guys that are going to be aggressive, that are going to be trying to get after the quarterback, get in the backfield, showcase their abilities a little bit, and and you'll see some depth there. You'll see the depth of the defensive line and the linebacking core, and I think that that will be something that will be a great talking point next week, especially if they look good, and it's going to be huge for Arkansas if they're able to do that. My other prediction for the game itself is you will see Connor Limpert make a 45-plus-yard field goal. Now, I don't have any reason to believe or any evidence to believe that it'll even be in that position. But I believe that if they line up and for a 45 plus yard field goal, Connor Limpert will make it. And you know what I'll do, folks, that'll that'll have a roaring standing ovation from the crowd because, oh, my goodness, they made a kick. It'll be kind of one of those sarcastic claps, but a rightful clap. So I really look. I think the Connor Lippert's going to be good. I think he's going to be good this year. I'm not saying it'll be perfect, but it'll be better than what you've seen in the previous years, especially when Cole Hedlund had uh, a lot of the issues that were going on as well. So I like it. I I like what I'm seeing right now, and I like the special teams to be a lot better, too. So those are my predictions. I'm going to go with a bold prediction. Here's my bold prediction. All right. Arkansas will have a very explosive play on special teams. Now, I don't say it's scoring a touchdown necessarily, because I think that that's very tough to do, especially in the kickoff where um, the new rules have changed and you can call fair catch, which means the ball will be brought to the 25. So I think that there are uh, a lot of things that factor into that. But I do believe that on the punt return, for instance, with Jared Cornelius, there will be some type of explosive play. Or maybe if the guy, actually, Davion Warren, actually has it, brings it out of the end zone, maybe you'll have a big play that way. Uh, but or maybe it'll be something on special teams where you have a big hit, maybe cause a fumble on the punt, something like that. I think there'll be a big play on special teams, one that will really make the difference in the game itself. So, either way, I'm looking forward to the game. I know all of you looking forward to the game, and we're gonna talk about some more SEC games here in just a second. First, though, ever since I started this podcast, Everyone, you've been asking me for stuff. You've been asking me to talk about topics and whatnot, but you've also been asking me, "Who do I like in this game, or who do I like in the Arkansas games?" But the truth is, I have no idea. I'm just guessing, so you probably shouldn't listen to me. But if you know who you who's going to win, go check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with, and that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is very easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend this to you guys because I love you and you love me. Hopefully. Hopefully it's a relationship that goes both ways. Phrasing. Boom. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie because when you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can always always bet the over and under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar that's hundred percent up to thousand dollars all you gotta do is use promo code on college to activate your offer visit mybookie.com that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use the promo code on college when you're creating your account to claim the bonus because you play you win you get paid with MyBookie. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the games upcoming this weekend for the SEC. There's some fantastic matchups, not just in the SEC, but those are really the ones all we care about. I know Michigan Notre Dame's playing, and that's all well and good. It's cute and adorable and all. But I don't give a rip about that game because neither of those teams are going to be in the national championship hunt. And all, always, always, those both those teams are the most overrated teams in all of college football. It's really frustrating and annoying. And I'm not not that I'm bitter or anything about Michigan canceling the series against Arkansas. I mean, <laughs> like I'd ever admit that but still it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. I could care less. If it ends up being a great game fine, I'll come on here and I'll say, "Hey, what a great game. Not a watch, but I really don't care." So, there are a few games I really want to get to specifically. First, we'll start with Alabama and Louisville. Nick Saban versus Bobby Petrino. Now you remember old Bobby, don't you? Yeah, me too. Well, Louisville's not going to be the team that they were previously with Lamar Jackson. I think Alabama's going to run this game. Now, however, as of right now, the spread is 24 points in favor of Alabama. I actually made an actual bet on this game. Okay, friends went over there to Tunica, Mississippi. I had them put down a bet. I got in at 25 and a half points, favored by Bama. I think Bama's going to win. I believe Bama's going to win, but I actually believe the game is going to be close close relatively speaking it's not going to be a 24 point blowout like Vegas is feeling I like Louisville in this game to cover the spread I don't like them to win so don't worry don't start freaking out but I think the game is going to be closer than a lot of people think and it should be a great matchup the other matchup that may not get as much talk and I really don't know why because it's a top 10 game top 10 matchup Auburn and Washington Auburn's number nine Washington's number six This game is going to be played in Atlanta, Georgia at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Fantastic. And a game that has major, major implications on what the college football playoff would look out. Here's the thing. When it comes to matchups like this, you always have to look at the coaches, of course. Gus Malzahn versus Chris Peterson. Who do you trust more? Who's the better coach here? I'm going with Chris Peterson. Far and away. I like Chris Peterson to do some damage against Auburn, and I think Washington's going to win this game against Auburn. Auburn's favored by two. I'm going with Washington. Give me the Huskies. They're a team that's going to be dangerous. I think they're going to be well-prepared and well-coached. And then I also believe that Chris Peterson might be not given the credit he deserves. He'll be the Pac-12 winner this year, and they'll probably be back in the college football playoff. There's just certain coaches that get it, and Chris Peterson is a coach that gets it. It's unfortunate that uh, he went from Boise State to Washington, of all places. I mean, I guess he's doing all right out there, but... Man, could you imagine if he ever made it into the SEC? He may be one of the few coaches that could give Nick Saban a run for his money, coaching level-wise, if he was just in the same places. But he's probably smart to be in the Pac-12 and not in the SEC, where he'd have to face Nick Saban every single year. So, But I like Washington in that game. Malzahn and Auburn, I think that they're going to be a good team this year, but not in this game. This game is going to be all Washington. So uh, give, give me that game for Washington to win straight up. And the other game that I want to discuss is the one on Sunday. Kind of fascinating. It's at 6.30 And it's Miami versus LSU in Arlington. Now, Miami's another top 10 team. They're ranked eighth in the country with Mark Richt over there. LSU is ranked 25th. But I'm still going to go with Mark Richt and the Miami Hurricanes. I don't like Ed Orgeron at LSU. I don't trust him. I don't think he's going to get the job done. I think he's going to be let go by the end of the season, if not sooner. It's just not a good fit. The quarterback situation is a little scary. I know they got Joe Burrow, the transfer from Ohio State. But, folks, how many transfers do you know that really pan out in a system like LSU or going to a place like LSU? Normally does not work for the better. So give me Miami, Miami's favorite three and a half. I'm taking Miami and I think that they're going to cover the spread easily and it's just it's going to be off to a really rough start for old Eddie O at LSU book it's that good enough for you guys and then again like I said before if I'm wrong I won't admit it but I won't be wrong so let's just hope that I'm at least get two of those games. Give me two out of three. Give me those right and I'll and I'll feel pretty good about it. Peter Burns of the SEC Network is going to be my guest on the other side of the break. But before we get to him, I got to tell you, guys, the wait is nearly over. We're one day away, one day away. Football is almost here, and that means fantasy football season and FanDuel have never been more fun and easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. Trust me, from someone who's not a fantasy guy, I enjoy FanDuel. It has something for everyone, and there are more ways to win than ever before. If you don't believe me, how's this sound? Down. This, season, this season FanDuel is running a free $250,000 survivor contest and this is the biggest free survivor contest ever here's how it works you pick one team each week and you can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season this locks before week one so don't miss your chance to sign up now talk about your experiences on FanDuel with all your friends and I'm going to tell you about my experiences it's been great I haven't won much money yet because i'm not very good at fantasy but i tell you what i'm getting better at it and the reason i'm getting better at it is because fanduel is making it easier for me to get in on that free two hundred fifty thousand dollars survivor contest go to fanduel.com locked on that's fanduel.com locked on new users get 20 dollars bonus when they make their first deposit on fanduel come play with me at fanduel.com locked on <laughs> Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. So I'll go to the phone lines as we are now joined by Peter Burns. He is of the SEC Network. He's a studio anchor. He's also Sirius XM host of SEC this morning. He's a busy guy. He's a great guy and really appreciate you coming on. Peter, good morning. Joe, what's up,
1: I mean, finally, football season has arrived. I feel like you and I, you know the last time we were talking over in SEC Media Days, like, is it ever going to get here? And you know, obviously, uh, you know, you guys at least helped us um, kind of uh, buy the time by with Arkansas making such a great run over in Omaha. But, uh, yeah, the, the marquee events are finally here. We get uh, Saturdays down south.
0: Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man, and it's just been, like you said, I feel like it's just been building for so long, and I know that uh, Arkansas fans are really excited about it, and we'll get to that in just a second, but you know what? There's some great games going on this weekend, especially in the SEC. I'm going to be watching Alabama-Louisville. I think that's fascinating. Auburn-Washington, LSU-Miami, just seems like a lot of great matchups. Obviously, you're going to watch all of them, but is there really one of these games or a few of these games that you're going to be most interested in, and why is that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think every single game has unique um, elements to it, right? I mean, you know, even going back and in, in looking at South Carolina versus Coastal Carolina, I mean, I'm not a lot of people are saying, oh, that's a big marquee game, whatever. Uh, it is, I mean, because I want to see what South Carolina's offense is going to look like because I, I think they're going to surprise some people in the East, and, you know, they're going to go more of a fast-paced kind of, uh, I want to say, Oregon-style offense. Um, and so with Jake Bentley, Debo Samuel, it's going to be good to see him back playing. So I think that's a huge game that a lot of people would just brush over. Ben, you shouldn't because I think week two, Georgia versus South Carolina, is going to be a monster matchup in week two. So I'm, I'm scouting all these teams kind of early, and South Carolina's kind of an interesting team. I, I mean, to me, the biggest game um, for national playoff implications is no doubt Auburn-Washington. And I'll tell you this, John. I've looked at this game twenty-five different ways from 20, twenty-five different angles. I still don't know who the hell is going to win this game. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, I think I think they're so close. Both teams do things really well. You know, Chris Peterson understated. Gus Malzahn's much more confident now with his new deal and winning the West last year. Great quarterbacks in Browning and Stidham. Um, I think Auburn has a little bit of the edge up front uh, and, and defensively. And if they can find uh, their, the next. You know, carry on Johnson, the guy who's going to run the Rocks for him and have success, that might be a slight edge for Auburn, but that game could go down the, to the absolute wire. And then LSU-Miami, I mean, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, you know, anytime the SEC plays an ACC team, I get jacked up because I'm just like, I hate the ACC. Like, I just, like, I, ACC and Big Ten, I'm just like, we need as a conference to win those games. And Ed Ogeron really needs to win that to get the Tigers off to a good start this year.
0: Well, there's been a lot of quarterback battles. I think that's been one of the more interesting things in the offseason with a lot of different SEC teams and for a lot of different reasons. I can't, In fact, I can't remember a time where you've had this many SEC quarterback battles going on. Some of them have been named. There's other ones that are still trying to figure things out. What do you make of the quarterback landscape in this conference? Because it's been a conference that people uh, historically have said, hey, they just don't have any good quarterback play. I think there's some competitions, but is it necessarily good competitions among the SEC?
1: Well, I mean, I think, too, and obviously the quarterback is, I mean, that's just football 101, right? You and me and everybody, we know the name of the quarterback because that's traditionally the big man on campus. But when it actually comes down to it in, in, in football, if you go back and look at who the SEC champions were, I think I saw a stat a couple of days ago out of the last 10 years, the average passing yardage or the average passing ranking of a team that won the SEC was around 70th in wow. NCAA football, which which tells you one thing. This this league, year in and year out, is, is dedicated and dominated by the teams that win up front, offensive line and defensive line. You can stop the run, you have a chance. And if you can run the ball, you have a chance in this conference. And I think that's what made Arkansas football so good when Brett Bielema had those teams rolling in October and November when those first couple years he was there. Nobody wanted to go to Fayetteville. like You were going to get punched in the mouth and I would have put Arkansas a couple years ago when they were running the Rock, and I think it was Alex Collins on that mm-hmm. team, that offensive line was great. Like, I would have put them against any team in the country, um, you know, but because they could stop the run and they could they could run the ball. But when that stopped, when he stopped getting those recruits and that offensive line wasn't as powerful and the defensive line stepped uh, missed, stepped a little bit, that's when Arkansas started having issues. So, again, um, the quarterback thing, as I think, is intriguing to me. However, it really is the boring part of the offensive line and defensive line that year in and year out kind of dominates, and that's why Alabama and Georgia are kind of the, 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 the masters of those, uh, of those domains.
0: Let's switch it up a little bit, Peter, and start talking about Arkansas specifically. It's Chad Morris's first year. Nobody's really high on him. I know we discussed it a little bit during SEC media days, but how, how do you feel about their season, so far, what they're going to be able to get going, and are you a big Chad Morris fan?
1: I'm a big, I'm a big Chad Morris fan, and I expect nothing out of the Razorbacks this year. Nothing. and that's not that's not a rip on them. I think legitimately some teams, some coaches, have a lot that they have to get done in year one, right? Like, right. I think for Joe Moorhead, he has a lot because that, that little roster is loaded. Mississippi State, he cannot afford to have any missteps right there if he wants to be the the head guy going forward seven years down the road at Starkville with how good this team. Dan Mullen has a lot of pressure on him in, in Gainesville to make that happen. But for, for Chad, I, I think for him, this is about kind of getting acclimated uh, you know, think of this as almost like a practice round getting into the SEC. If you're a golfer, right? Like mm-hmm. you get to see the course, you get to understand. You know what's it going to be like going into this conference? How how to game plan against everybody that might be a little bit different than when you're coaching at SMU. But to me, I like Chad because of not what I'm going to see in year one. It's what I'm going to see in year three and he's got to develop a style of offense that's going to work in this conference and more importantly he has to recruit that pipeline that he's been doing really well the last couple of years which is that Dallas, Arlington, kind of northwest Texas, you know, southwest Arkansas area that there's there's a ton of talent in that in that corridor that I think that that Arkansas fans feel like they should have done a better job over the last couple of years of diving into
0: and thinking about the uh, the situation with Arkansas, they also have John Chavis, their defensive coordinators. I've had a lot of different people on from uh, nationally, locally, whatever. They've had different opinions on Chavis as far as what he'll be able to do at Arkansas. I don't think anyone's expecting him to have that LSU, Tennessee type caliber defense, but they're expecting good things from him. But there's been some people that say, hey, he's over the hill. It's past his prime. It's not going to work out. What do you make of the coaching hire by uh, Chad Morrison saying that John Chavis could be the guy? And-
1: yeah. I mean, I think it's smart by Chad because he gets a guy that at least knows the conference really well. And I mean, um, and and with Chavis, he's been around. This is not new. You know, this is not taking somebody from a smaller conference and going, Hey, all right, now you got to get ready for uh, Damian Harris and you got to get ready for, um, you know, Jared Stidham and, and Auburn's attack. Like he knows that, right? Like, and I think with Chavis, um, I think that was more of an attitude issue at, at A&M, that he caught A&M right when things are starting to kind of fall apart with the foundation. Uh, and so for him, I think for him to get a fresh start, um, I, I think it's a it's a great thing. I, in fact, that probably is the smartest thing that, that, that Morris did was make that higher because there's another guy that's around the conference that knows the tendencies, that knows the game plans. It's not like Chavis all of a sudden starts studying up on SEC West opponents He just goes looks at the blueprints of what has worked and what has not, more importantly, not worked over the last couple years, and he already knows that. So, um, again, I I think that Arkansas is in a good spot with Chad, and I I feel like he doesn't have a whole lot of pressure on him this year, and I hope he feels that. I mean, of course he wants to do great, but I just want him to to enjoy what he's going to see this season, and I think he will.
0: All right, we're going to mix it up, Peter, and get a little fun with it. Some of the stuff we've talked about uh, on the show – uh, so far this week is uh, what's your favorite football movie? Cause I have some movies that get me in the mood, man. When it, when it starts hitting me in the fields and I love, remember the Titans. I'll even love Rudy and my kind of the uh, outliers varsity blues. It's just got something in, in my heart, even though it's a terrible movie. Is there a movie that you have to go to that says, man, when I watch this, I'm in football mode now.
1: All right. I'm not going to go movie. Right. Um, okay. Although I did like necessary. I, I did like necessary roughness. Right. With Kathy Ireland was the kicker. That oh, was yes. great. Um, uh, <laughs> I am going to go TV show though the the not the Billy Bob Thornton movie version of Friday Night Lights, but the actual Friday Night Lights TV mm, show.
0: Absolutely, with Coach
1: Taylor and Matt Sarazin, and I mean, I, I live tweeted it a couple years ago because I had never watched it, and I I've, I still have people come to to me, you know, because I had watched it what eight years after the fact of it airing people were like, I was so happy to relive that show through your eyes as somebody who had never seen it. I mean, can we, can we discuss that? I mean, is there a cooler quarterback than Matt Saracen? Uh, Was there a cooler girl than Tyra or Tara or whatever her name was? The blonde girl, that show, like it had everything. Tammy Taylor, coach Taylor was awesome. Like, Friday Night Lights, if I'm getting ready for a game, that's what I'm doing. Or I'm firing up the Xbox and I'm playing NCAA football just to get me ready back in, back into the real mental mind frame.
0: Man, those were the great days of being able to play that game, man. It's just to oh, have, have it, those it, dynasties. It sucks, goodness, I, I, I legitimately would
1: play $300 if that game, like for, oh, yeah. the, to purchase that game if it came out right now.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things you never really miss until it's gone, man. And then it's gone, it's like, ugh. You know, you got, you got to get find way some way to get back. But Friday Night Lights was a great choice on the show too, and that's something uh, I definitely uh, appreciate as well. Another question I have for you though is tailgating, because tailgating is as important of a part of college football, especially in the SEC, as anything. So I'm going to just ask you, Peter Burns, if you could tailgate. What's your perfect tailgate setup as far as the food, the drinks, everything? What's the perfect setup?
1: Man, here's the deal. I'm taking the environment over at Oxford, right, in the Grove, and somehow I'm getting that same environment, and I'm shipping it over to Baton Rouge, um, and I'm, I'm I'm putting it that way. I can have all the good food and drink over the jambalaya, the boudin, everything the way they do it down in, in, at LSU, and I'm making sure that it's a night game um, and, and getting that done. And you got to have – I mean, now it's almost like cheating. And because, <laughs> like, now you can go, and I think they probably have this in Fayetteville as well too – where you can pay, um, where you can pay companies to come in and they'll set up the tailgate. Like, that Heck is yes. awesome. You know, like, like that is like you just press a button. Literally, you're like, Hey, I show up, um, around 10 o'clock and everything is all set up for me. So I think you have to have a little bit of a DJ. You got to know somebody like go old school a little bit. Jock jams. Remember the ESPN Jock Jam CD oh, back yes. to the day? Have, have that in the mix. Um, make sure you're properly hydrated. And here's the deal about tailgating. It's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm-hmm. So for every 2.5 adult beverages you have, you, you just slam a bottled water and you're ready to go. And and that that's the one thing. If you learn nothing from this interview and you say, <laughs> Peter Burns, you're an idiot on 99% of the things. If the 1% is to mix in a bottled water or a glass of water between every three drinks, and you're going to be you're you're going to thank me when you're going to a, a ball game.
0: And, I, and some I brought up, don't be the guy that goes up to the guy who's grilling and says how you could do it better. Also don't be the guy that has to ask everybody for a phone charger cuz you forget it. Those are the things I'm trying to help people with
1: it's going to happen. I mean, you know what's going to happen is everybody has a game plan and so they get punched in the mouth, and everybody's going to get excited. They're going to leave the phone charger at the house, and they're going to need the juice, and they're going to be like, ah, you know what, I think the ribs, here's how I do the ribs. Like, yes. shut up, eat your ribs, enjoy football, um, because if, unless you're manning the grill – there's no, there's nothing worse than a backseat driver or a backseat barbecuer.
0: That's right. That's right. Okay, and last one before I let you get out of here, Peter. This is something that we had fun with. Former Razorback quarterback Tyler Wilson. I'm sure you're very familiar with him. Uh, he comes on. Yeah. He's on our show all the time. He's one of our, uh, our guests that uh, comes in studio with us. Um, he t- said yesterday – on the show, that he could throw a Vortex football. You remember those Nerf Vortex footballs? He said he could clear. And across
1: those mountains like El Corrigo or it, what? Dude, there it was go. the exact yeah.
0: same thing, exact same setup. He says he could clear the Jumbotron at Razorback Stadium. He says he could throw it that high. All you got to do is just get him a Vortex football. Do you have any faith that Tyler Wilson would be able to do that?
1: Uh, I need to see this happen, frankly. and And I'll tell you this. Those vortex footballs, if you catch them in the little wind stream, I kinda of think a guy like Tyler who had a cannon on him can get it done. Like I know my boy Clint Sterner could get it done, even yeah. even as old as he is right now. Next time you talk to Clint, tell him I said that. <laughs> um but I think you get a I think it has to be a little bit downwind and you have to get the angle just right. I don't think it would happen on the first throw, but I think if you give Tyler three throws, he's he's, he's getting it done by the third time.
0: Yeah, I, I, I he, we're going to film it. We're already getting it set up and everything, so I'll make sure to put it out on social media so you can check it out. But we'll we'll see if his uh, if his uh, mouth is as big as his heart is when he goes out there to throw the vortex football. Peter Burns of the SEC Network. He also is the SiriusXM host of SEC This Morning. Always appreciate you joining me, Peter. Great stuff, man. Football season's here. Let's enjoy it, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road.
1: You got it done anytime, bud.